Hello, and welcome back to the Equipped Man Podcast, the podcast where we explore what it means to be a man of God in the 21st century. I'm your host, Luke Wance. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this week, I have Sean and Chico with me. Welcome back, guys. Yeah, it's yo, good yo, to be daddy. back. Yo. Good to be back. I almost feel bad because, like, you know, I, I I sit in here with Dina, and and she like introduces her people like one at a time, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, your guys, do yeah. with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference, man. Yeah, it is. Um, so simple check in. I know, I know, we kind of did a little bit already before we turned on the microphones and all. So, uh, but good week. So far, so good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good week. It's been uh, it's been a good month. You yeah, know, just no complaints. Yeah, plus the Chiefs won on the this Chiefs weekend, did win. So, yeah, yeah. A lot of kids are not going to school. Yeah, on for the parade day. Um, yeah, I red, even the red. What was it? Red red, red snow day. Red snow day. Yeah, <laughs> I even I even got an email today at work um, saying that because of the traffic and all, all federal offices are encouraging uh, work from home policies. Oh. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, so it's it's been a good week. Um, but I wanted to talk to you guys. Uh, I know I sent a text. We haven't really talked about it yet today. Um, I want to think about and talk about what what do we as men want to know, or what is it like things that you wish you would have learned growing up to to be a man mm-hmm. you know to and and what would you kind of because i know all three of us have sons um yeah. all three of us have have been around younger guys that have kind of looked up to us as mentors and stuff um whether we want to admit that out loud or not um guilty. as chico raises his hand sheepishly <laughs> guilty um well i only do that because i yeah. still feel that i'm learning no no i get so, it yeah you for know, sure. I was always told by my mentor in my f- field of employment that you're the second you can start teaching somebody is the second you can stop. You know, it's three, four, let me fix that. The second you stop learning is the second you're supposed to stop working. Mm. So if you try to teach somebody that, you might teach them more bad than good. Hmm. Yeah. So I can see that. Yeah. <clears throat> I've I've also heard the argument um almost the other side of that. Yeah. Of by teaching you continue to learn. Yeah. I'm actually learning that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we've, we've been focusing on um in our young adult ministry been focusing on Jesus, just centering our lives on Jesus, getting back to the basics. Yeah. Just the real center of it all. And as simple as it seems, like every lesson that I kind of prepare, it's it's so crazy getting back to this that real centering of Jesus has it's caused me to learn and be more excited about that those aspects, you know. Because you get so used to as a minister, you get so used to teaching other things like prayer and all this other stuff. Yeah. But when you really just get back to the basics of who is Jesus, how can I be like Jesus? How can I live like Jesus? How can I approach people like Jesus approach? You know, yeah. I mean, we're getting back to the real roots of it. And 
man, I've learned so much. I've yeah. learned so much in this last month from it. Mm-hmm. And I know also uh, you guys as the young adults um, and you as leaders uh, have been doing like a fast yep. um, also for the month of February. Um, it's been, I mean, it, it started not this Saturday, but the previous Saturday. So whatever days that is, like eight or nine days in. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. Um, I chose a Daniel fast. Okay. And uh, so in case people don't know, what is the Daniel fast? Not to like interrupt. It's like fruits and vegetables. Okay. And uh, so mostly been surviving off of uh, walnuts and broccoli. And <laughs> I'll put it, I'll put a little bit of peanut butter on, on some celery. I, I don't know if that's Daniel friendly peanut okay. butter, but <laughs> it is to me. There you go. <laughs> peanut butter has seed oils in it, man. You're you're failing. Oh. <laughs> and, and high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, yeah. bad, Sean. Bad. Uh, <laughs> I already blew my fast. <laughs> what what is it? That that reminds me though. Like somebody, you know, how people always talk about the, like the the lettuce wraps are so healthy, and then you see those videos, they'll like mm-hmm. wrap like cheeseburger, cheeseburger. and fries it's wrapped in, in lettuce. It's, it's lettuce wraps, so it's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. Uh, uh, <laughs> Was it uh, Jim Gaffigan talked about that? He said, "If you uh, if you just put a wrap around it, it makes it healthy." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I am not fasting because I don't have enough experience with it. Yeah, and I I couldn't be there that night for when we talked about it because yeah. I was needed elsewhere in the church. So yes, you were. I was, you know. Sean knows that when my main duty at church is needed, he knows I have to go. Yeah. Yeah. So. Our main focus with the fast, uh, a lot of people get a little nervous when you hear that word. And I just told him, I was like, hey, man, just think about something that's a time consumer in yeah. your life and uh, and lay it, lay it down for this 21 days that we're doing it. And uh, take that time that you would normally be doing that and spend it in prayer or studying of God's word and, and just kind of, you know, just, uh, grow in your spirit, man, just like increasing the strength of your spirit, man, that your flesh is no longer that dominant force in your life in those areas of your life. And, and so we've already had some really good testimonies of where people are having dreams and nice and they just feel so much peace and they're feeling strength when they pray and that's awesome really cool what god's already starting to do in these young adults yeah i know i know uh growing up it's like fasting was always just this weird concept it was mm-hmm. like you know cuz i was raised catholic and it's you know you would only fast during lent mm-hmm. on fridays and it was like you could have a you could have a meal and then you'd have like one or two small meals mm-hmm. and like that was that was fasting and it's like <laughs> there was no reason behind it it was just this is what you do yeah oh yeah and you couldn't eat meat so for my inexperience in this part mm-hmm. of yeah. religion what's the difference between that and like intermittent fasting for health like for exercising well, it's, i mean or weight loss or whatever so i was going to say can go i ahead. Yeah, um, go ahead. so so that's how it was when I was a kid. But what I've learned um, from walking this, fasting, almost like biblical fasting, is more of it's... I know somebody even wrote a book about um, called Fasting is Not About Food. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's, but it's like fasting is more of 
redirecting your priorities to God. Yeah. You know, it's it's how can I, you know, kind of trim the fat from my life to more focus on the word and focus on God and what is my purpose, you know, in the kingdom and all that. Whereas intermittent fasting is just I'm only going to like if I normally eat 2000 calories, I'm going to eat my 2000 calories but only during Six hours of the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's sort of not eating, but it's also like almost, almost borderline binge eating. It's kind of what Eric, (laughs) Eric, uh, Thomason is doing that kind of similar. He He just, uh, and then he doesn't eat after six. Okay. And that's helped him a lot. I've, I, my previous pediatrician, uh, my kid's pediatrician back home in West Virginia used to always swear by that not eating, eating after six is one of the healthiest things you could do. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I, I also, you know, when talking about fasting is, you know, a lot of people will focus on, like, like you said, it's, it's not about the food. Uh, it's really about prayer, mm. it's prayer and fasting, you know, yes, you're laying down that food, but it's almost like you're just telling your, it's telling your flesh, you know, listen, I'm I'm denying you, and I'm I want to grow my spirit, man, grow uh, my spiritual mind, my spiritual uh, life. You know, I want to grow in Him. I want to know Him. I want to be so close to Him, and I don't want anything else hindering me in this in this moment. And uh, every fast I've ever done, I've had something profound come forth out of it. You know, God moving in an area of my life. Yeah, answering prayer, moving in ministry, healing things. Uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, I think I'm still too early in my journey with oh, the Lord. Man. It's <laughs> one step at a time, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, just the fact of what you were saying. I mean, before we got on air, Chico was just mentioning. You know, went to the altar this week. Yeah, experienced a great outpouring of the Spirit. It was nice. Uh, we had a great men's. Uh, meeting on Saturday, which encouraged him to do what he did on Sunday. Yeah, and I mean, it's just been boy. a good little, good little couple weeks, man, even mm. with Friday night prayer and stuff, which has yeah, been great. Nice. Yeah. It was very encouraging. Like our, our guy, Derek, he, he, he laid it out. Like we had some good speakers at that <laughs> breakfast, but he laid it out and I, it hit me right in, right in the feels. Yeah. Right, right in the, <laughs> I think everybody, I mean, I don't know, but I can't speak on behalf of everybody, but Man, I was like, I was ready to scream when he was. I was just like, yeah. "This is so oh, yeah. good." Yeah, I was ready to go. And I, yeah. I, I told him, "I'll see you on the prayer floor on Sunday." And yeah. I was there, dude. And we just had a little conversation, and he, just, he, he hit me with everything he had. Yeah, yeah. And I think this just this just hit me. Um, you know, thinking about fasting, and you know, you being you, Chico, being new to this, you know. I mean, it's like you've been here a while, but it's like you're now, for lack of a better phrase, seeing the value in going after God. Here's I a, mean, you've yeah. been coming. Yeah, I've been coming. I've been living in Kansas City now for six years, but I think I've really only given, and I know this is going to sound terrible, I think I've only given God my attention for maybe two. Right. And that's, <laughs> I mean, I, I got, I'll, I'll say it. I love that you're open enough to admit that, you know, because I, I think a lot of people need that. A lot of people need that vulnerability, that openness, that transparency of saying, you know what, it's not always going to go perfect. 
Um, but I, I know it was, I know it was true for me when I was new to being a Christian. Um, you know, and I see it in you. It's almost like when you're new, you're like this dry sponge, mm-hmm. and you're just getting filled and filled, and you're like, you're this like sponge that's going after the puddles of living water and you're just like soaking up everything and then it's like after a while you get yes you're you're filled with all these awesomeness of god but you're also filled with like some of the bits of debris that's also been picked up by the sponge and it's almost like fasting is if i can say it a way of like squeezing out the debris yeah so you can focus more on just soaking up the the water yeah. I think for me, my next real like challenge for myself is to like just read a verse or two a day. Yeah. Just even if even if I'm in the bathroom or something, just because yeah. it's on my phone. Yeah. I got the Bible. My I got eight hundred different versions of it on my phone. <laughs> yes, you do. So it's just like <laughs> you know, just and if I don't understand it, go to somebody who can help me. Yeah. You yeah. know, because that I think that's one of the biggest intimidating things for me about the bible is i can sit there and read it but can Mm -hmm. i comprehend it right i've never enjoyed reading um it's never been something i've enjoyed and i remember getting really excited about the lord Mm. and uh, my church we we had a lot of these little mini books that you could read in one setting sometimes they're kenneth Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, you know, um, Gloria Copeland, uh, Jesse Duplantis. Everybody had these little mini books about faith or prayer or you okay. know, fasting or whatever. And, man, I learned so much from those little books because what it allowed me to do is uh, get a good revelation on, on an aspect of the, of the word or a subject and I could do it in one setting and not mm. and feel like a, a sense of accomplishment, like, oh, cool, I finished this little this little book and that would be great for you. I got tons of them in my office. Yeah. I mean, they are like when I say they're like fifteen pages. Cool. Oh, and nice. they are yeah. like stacked full of like yeah. just real good truth. Yeah. And so that, yeah. that bite sized knowledge. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, well, Luke knows me very well, at least enough to know like i get whenever i start making that step towards a new challenge mm-hmm. my skepticism kicks in <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like you know my my biggest thing throughout my whole my whole journey is i don't want to lose who i am i want to be as real as i was before i came to christ you know what i'm saying so oh yeah yes i cuss yes i have done drugs and all that stuff in my past i have done you know, I, I've stolen, I've, you know, bad kid, juvie record, all that stuff. But so of that, I, I've learned from my mistakes. I've grown into this 45-year-old man who's trying to raise four kids. And now it's like, okay, what do I do to make sure they don't do what I did? Yeah. yeah. And I know how I was raised. And... I will just say it was very loose mm. as I got. The, the older I got, the looser their grip got. Yeah. To a point where, you know, I'm 15 years old. I'm out till 2 in the morning. and <laughs> Yeah. You know. I know. It's like I was talking to my daughter just today, and and she 
she was uh, she's uh, she's fifteen, going on sixteen here soon, and and she's always on the go, always wanting to go somewhere, always wanting to be with friends, and a lot. We I mean we have to tell her no a lot because. Yeah. You know, we don't want to be driving all over the planet, and it just always seems like she always has. So she was asking about, you know, tomorrow's the red day. They're, oh, they yeah. have this, and she's already making plans. <laughs> and I mean, her mom and I have to work, so I'm like, yeah. I'm already telling her no, and she's like, and sounds and, like she's got FOMO. I know it's like, <laughs> it's like it's so funny. It's like to me, it's she goes, Dad. I didn't have it like you were. I can't get on my BMX bike and ride somewhere. There's all these crazy people and What's all this stuff. What's wrong with BMX bikes? Uh, I so miss funny. those. Yeah. I wish I still had one. We used to we used to we used to have those conversations with Gabriel, mm-hmm. and and it was it's like you you might want to like include us in right. the plans before you make oh, the plans. I know. It's all you the know. time. Or it's you know I I know for a long time, you know we lived. It was like you know. 15 20 sometimes 30 minute drive to get from our house to a friend's house it's like yep. can can your friends come this way once in a while <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. or, well my parents resolution to that problem when i was a kid was you know here's the garage it's your hangout so yeah. everybody just came to our house yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's a different time though it was yeah. it was a different time but i mean i, I don't know i mean I kind of feel, you know, it's it's not that I had like loose restrictions. Um, I still had restrictions, but it was still like I. There are still times where I don't feel like I was raised as so much as I I, I grew up. Yeah, I agree. yeah I had to grow up fast. Yeah, yeah, and um, my parents were loving, compassionate, and giving. Yeah. Um, some my mom was somewhat somewhat nurturing, but from a hands off perspective, you know, oh, okay. it's like yeah. very hands off. Like, you know, I was unlike some of my other friends. They as soon as the street lights came on, they had to come in. Like, oh yeah, my mom was a little bit more lenient with that and loose, and and I got myself in some trouble. I think because of how loose things were and. Well, I mean, back to the original subject of, you know, what was passed on to you. I think the one thing my dad passed on to me, which he's still alive, but the one thing is go let your children experience life. But, and he's told me this now, he's like, let them experience life, but be more firmer than I was mm. because I let you get away with murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I want my kids to experience life, but I don't want them, you know, getting i don't want to be getting a phone call at 2 a.m like mm-hmm. my dad did hey right uh, your son just got caught slashing tires you need to come pick him up yeah yeah, yeah. i'm be- pretty confident with <laughs> all of our kids because i mean we were we grew up in a different era time frame and a lot looser but i feel like all of us in this room are pretty pretty strict pretty tight mm-hmm. with our kids and yeah um, we're trying to be. I have great, my moments. Got a great church. They go through great uh, student ministry where they're mm-hmm. really growing and learning some real good truths. And so I don't know. It's like I, I'm. I feel fairly confident in yeah. all of our kids. You know, not that they're not going to make mistakes. Oh yeah. Right. No, I'm. Mistakes, I'm. Yeah. You know, my my wife is very good with our kids. Uh, I tend to lean more 
when they're being themselves. Uh, <laughs> you know, I start thinking about back when, well, my mom would not tolerate this, this, and this. Yeah. But she would also go to the hugest extreme of, you know, butt whooping, butt whooping, butt whooping. Yeah. And I know my wife is trying to do better. And so I'm learning how to do better. I've even gotten better with my oldest daughter. You guys know my daughter can be very dramatic. Yes. I've learned that, and think this is, you know, a credit to my wife. She's taught me, like, hey, don't try to meet her. Mm. Stay yeah. beneath her and then try to bring her down. Yeah. And that's actually really been working. Oh, that's, that's good. Because, yeah. like, I'll sit there and I'll calmly talk to her, like, hey, this might work or this might work. Why don't you try this? Mm. Even if she's wailing in the wind, high pitched <laughs> scream, whatever. But she eventually. She comes down. Yeah. You just got to be patient. Yeah. Now, in acts of defiance, even my wife would be like, yeah, get her. Get her butt. Get her butt. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, but um, I, 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 you know, my dad did, you know, that's one thing he passed on is a good work ethic. Yeah. And, you know, let your kids experience life. Just be, be harder than I was. Yeah. yeah. But don't be so hard that, they resent you for it mm. yeah so that's kind of like a challenge for my head like hey you go find the balance now pal yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. it's wild because you know i'm trying to instill in my kids a good worth work ethic too because that's what my dad did i man i my dad was a great example of uh just a hard-working guy you know and we've discussed in previous podcasts you know my dad wasn't the hugger lover type you know he just didn't that wasn't that wasn't him you know and his dad wasn't that way but he did instill in us just hard work and don't quit until it's done kind of attitude you know yeah and um, i'm really instilling that in my kids and i've been really proud of them in so many different areas of their lives where whenever we have like our men's cleanup days and stuff I couldn't believe how hard my son was working. I yeah. was like super <laughs> proud of him, you know, but I just, you know, I, I always want him to look to his mother and I as working our tails off to make sure that we could bring, bring home the bacon and yeah, they have a warm bed and a, you know, a full belly, you know? Yeah. And, but at the same time, opposite of my dad, still love and nurture my kids, right. and, you know, encourage them to be better and i think that's what we're talking about is just making passing the torch yeah per se yeah as men to our kids you know yeah. and one of the subjects was how do we like do that with other men or in in, yeah. in our culture oh, yeah. and i think it's very similar is that is that living by example and and uh one thing that i didn't get to hear a lot you're asking the question what what is something that we learned along the way yeah. that, uh, or that you I, I wish think, you would have learned. Yeah, yeah. What I wish I would have learned a long time ago was how to listen. Mm, like same, just same, you know, always that pride, yep. not wanting to really listen to, uh, either an older generation, mm. uh, a parent, somebody that's been through it, yeah. you know, and, um, I think as I've gotten older, I've drawn my ear in a little bit more when I hear somebody say anything about uh, just any wisdom 
on how to be a better man, how to be a better husband, how to be a better friend. Yeah. And I think by just listening and applying, you know, that has helped me tremendously in the last, I'd say in the last 10 years. Okay. It's, yeah. I was kind of a slow yeah. or a, a late in the game kind of guy. Yeah. Like, wish I would have learned this in my 20s. But. Yeah. And like when you say you like your dad, lacked in the the loving and the nurturing where my dad lacked in the finances like he was oh, great absolutely. with great with i'm proud of you i love you here's a hug go play with your friends and then when i'm gone he's barely balancing the checkbook oh and, wow you know the yeah. gas is turned off and now the kids are freezing in chicago wow. winters and <laughs> so no, I, I i think the one thing i learned from my dad in that aspect is to always make sure your finances is in, is in order yeah. and i also had help from my uh, my employer, mm-hmm. as I was getting into my field, like he taught me how to balance my checkbook. Oh, that's, oh, that's cool. And he taught me how to, you know, you know, balance, manage your money. Like, Hey, you got this bill coming up. This is how much I paid you this week. Now you have to set aside that. And so he really taught me how to, you know, and it took a while. Yeah. I mean, I'm no oh, yeah. perfect at it, but yeah. I'm at a point now in my life where I take those teachings and apply it now to my daily life. Now that I'm, you know, in a position financially where, you know, my wife doesn't have to work. That's yeah. great. The kids don't have to go to daycare. And I've like, all right, everything's set. The only thing I don't like about my field is, you know, and my dad did not have to deal with this, is the fluctuation. I'm a, yeah. I work off commission, so some weeks I get really, really high paychecks, and other weeks it's like I come home and I'm what, pacing the floor, like, am I going to make <laughs> am I gonna make my nut this week, you know? Yeah. So, um. Yeah, so if there's one thing I learned from my dad, both good and bad, is, you know, work hard to be humble, but, you know, <laughs> dad, I got to, you know, I, and I told him this all the time, like, when we talk, like, hey, I, you know, if you'd have done better with your money, yeah. he's like, hey, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he knows, he knows, you know, we have that relationship where we can talk yeah. for real. That's cool. With each other. Like we always have, even before my mom yeah. passed away, we were like that. So, so I, I think mean, it's good. Like, I, I mean, I would have loved to have had more money growing up as a, oh yeah, you know, kid, but at the same time, it's like the lesson you, you learn with being appreciative of what you do have, you know, mm-hmm. and making the most out of it. You know, my parents, like, I mean, when I was playing basketball, I remember my mom, she didn't buy me the Jordans and all that. Yes, short guy played basketball for Just checking, just checking. <laughs> I, I just, just I, until everybody outgrew me. Uh, <laughs> I was like, really? You? You're like five foot nothing. I just remember, like, my mom and dad didn't, they didn't give me the Jordans, but she would do her best to get me at least the equivalent something. Yeah. You know, nice and get them on layaway and oh man <laughs> oh yeah you had it easy i had the thrift store yeah thrift so. store uh school shopping yeah, not that that was bad but you know my parents did what they could but yeah I... <laughs> but now that i'm older it's like my wife and i i don't know if it's just from being from west virginia just just live home humble lives yeah. you know yeah. and we don't have to i don't know keep up with the joneses <laughs> yeah. like they say yeah. You know, and well, it's, like, it's been, uh, we're grateful for that, you know. We yeah. have a neighborhood by my house that's bigger houses than ours. And I'm like, man, if I could just take that house and put it on five acres of land, <laughs> yeah. 
That'd be great. Yeah. Don't you always get? I always get cracked <laughs> up when you see these really stinking nice homes. Yeah. And they're like on like a busy road, oh, yeah. or their backyard is a highway. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you could afford that house. Why, why didn't you put it? Some, why didn't you get one somewhere else? Cheap. You know, land was always cheap. cracks me up, man. I'm like, ah, well, or it's or own. it's or it's one of those things that they had the house and the land, and then the city came along and said, oh no, we got to oh, make yeah. this a busy road. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yep. Because that's my goal is to get a house on acreage and yeah. let my wife do her chickens and cows and horses. Oh, that'd be and so good. Yeah. I have my shooting range and bunker for, you know, World War Three. Yeah. <laughs> always forget that she's really into horses, too. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I saw, um, you know, as far as, like, teaching, like, younger men and stuff like that, I saw I saw something that was really cool. And it's just, this is, like, borderline, almost like... Uh, mentorship but uh somebody was telling a story that when they graduated high school a family friend gave them a literal get out of jail card from monopoly (laughs) and they had laminated it you know just with like packing tape whatever and on the back wrote their contact information Mm -hmm. and basically said hey if you ever get into trouble and you don't feel like calling your parents call us no Mm -hmm. questions asked we'll be there for you that's so cool. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I think that, you know, it's, I think that's one thing that I, I kind of wish I had been taught of, you know, as far as the whole, like, mentorship. And, you yeah. know, there there are more people out there that are actually for you yeah, than want to see you flounder. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. You know, Chico, I know you mentioned, you know, just the the handful of guys, but I know if you were to raise your hand and say, hey, I need help, there'd be a whole mess of people. Oh, yeah. That would be like, (laughs) yeah, I'm here for you. And that's the thing. Like, again, that's where my skepticism comes in because I feel like, especially at church, I'm so not very vocal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm only, you know, I learned a a long time ago, keep your circle small. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, even doing this is a little out of my box, but, <laughs> um, but I'm with dudes that I'm comfortable with. So it's like, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go yeah. put our voices out on the internet. Who cares? Right. But, but, you know, and I don't, I don't disagree with you. I think if I said, yeah, I need, I need like a bunch of dudes around me to fill me with God right now. I think it would happen in a matter of seconds if I needed it. Yeah. But uh, again, my skepticism is like I don't think anybody gives two hoots or whether or not the church bouncer <laughs> yeah. needs help or not. You know what I mean? That's what I that's what I loved about Derek's message on Saturday was one of the things he you know really dropped the what, hammer. Dropped he the dropped hammer. the hammer. Dropped the challenge. Yeah, was loved that it. hey, quit trying to be isolated, man. Mm-hmm. Quit, quit trying to do this on your own. You got you got guys all around you. Um, quit making excuses, you know. Yeah. Well, even at home, like sometimes I'll go home and I shut off because I'm mm-hmm. so worried about making sure that the wife and the kids have all that they need. Yeah, and I put so much pressure on myself that I literally disconnect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my wife is like, "Are are you mad at me?" I'm like, "No, I'm <laughs> mad at myself because I didn't do enough for you this week." Oh, wow. Yeah, so I put that that much pressure on myself, and I don't know how to release it. Yeah. You know, mm. so it, 
I feel bad. Yeah, for, I mean, I don't know how back. she puts up with me sometimes. Yeah, but. getting back to fasting and prayer, like, I mean, that's that's a perfect way. And just worshiping, just putting on some good worship music as a man and and just getting quiet, just to almost to recenter everything back on him, you know, yeah. and just say, listen, God, I trust you. You know, I trust you with my week. I trust you with my I'm finances. Still you know. working on the worship music yeah. part, but I have my <laughs> I have my Christian metal playlist. Yeah. You could put on uh, you could put on Holy Name. That's pretty rocking, man. I have uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, actually, have you heard that yet? Not yet. No. It has uh, well, uh, what's his face from Corn is in it with oh yeah the Sleeping yeah, Giant uh, lead yeah. singer, and it they call it uh, heavy heavy worship. Okay, but it's just simple like words and. You know, it's just so powerful, but it's super heavy too. Nice. Oh, is that head from corn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta check He's that out. It. Yeah, it's it got a million views on YouTube as of last week. Oh, that's awesome. Like, that's pretty cool for them. Yeah, because Tommy's a good dude. Is he? He's a good friend. He's he used to be the lead singer of Sleeping Giant, and just a solid guy. You talk about a real guy. You talk to him. <laughs> you talk about somebody that was just like he's just straight, you know. And I love that. That's I love people like that, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and and kind of the whole, you know, worrying about taking care of everybody. I know for me it it almost borders on uh you know, the time management, you know, because it's like, okay, I, I go to work. And I want to make sure, you know, somewhere in my day, I, I, I'd like to go to the gym or I'd like to, you know, pray and, and read the Bible more. And I'd like to spend time with my wife and spend time with my kids. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to get out to the garage and, and, and do some woodworking. And it's like all of a sudden it's like I feel like I've got too many things to do and not enough time. And then yeah. I do that brain freeze thing yeah. where I'm like I just end up doing nothing and then I feel like poo because I didn't do anything. Same thing except I just pace back and forth. Yeah, sometimes. But see, sometimes <laughs> I do that, and my wife will look at me. She's like, "Do you need to get out of the house and do something?" I'm like, "Yes." She's like, "What?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> I'm trying to use like when I get to those moments, I want to be like, "Do you want to go to Lowe's? Let's go to Lowe's yeah. so I can walk." <laughs> That's what I've been wait. I've been waiting for the right time for that to happen because I'm like, "Oh, I like to pace." And then she doesn't really ask me if I'm pacing, but she notices it. I'm like, I'm waiting for the the time where I get to drop that bomb because she loves Lowe's. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> so I want to be like, yeah, let's go to Lowe's. Yes. I was trying to find the scripture, but um, last week I shared in the young adults, I said, how many of you battle with a racing mind? Is like mm. when you get up in the morning, you think about everything you have to do. Yeah. And then when you lay down at night, you think about everything you didn't get done, you know? Yep. And I was like, and our minds are always moving and, and, uh, you just Solomon me to the T in Ecclesiastes. I just can't remember where specifically he calls it anxious striving. Ooh. And, um, and we battle that a lot. And so I really shared with them. I was like, you know, if anybody would have had anxious striving, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it have been Jesus? You yeah. know, kind of the whole 
whole idea of not ever sinning. That's mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, or that I've, I've only got 33 years to do what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I said, how did Jesus deal with anxious striving? Every time in, in, in Mark 135 is a good example. It says he got up early and he went off to pray. Yeah. Uh, after he fed the 5,000, he went off to pray. After he did this, he went off to pray, you know? Yeah. Or he told his disciples, hey, wait here. I'm going to go off to pray. You know, he always found time to separate himself and get himself re. I mean, I said, man, what a perfect example of a moment to go and fist bump, chest bump your boys. You just fed 5,000 with fishes and loaves. Yeah. You know, that would have been it all. But what does he do? He pulls himself away and yeah. prays. You know, it's like, those are moments, and, and that's what I was kind of sharing with the young adults. It's like, you've got to, when you're getting that anxiousness, that that, that anxiety yeah. that our world so talks about, it's like, that's a perfect moment to say, okay, let me pull myself away, mm-hmm. and let me get alone with God just for a moment, and just get things back centered on Him. Yeah, yeah, I like yep. that. I need um, to start doing that. Chico's over there crying. Yeah, he's just about, crying. yeah. No, I seriously, <laughs> you know, it's good stuff, <laughs> man, because yeah. I need to be able to pass you, this kind of stuff know. off to my son. I don't want my son pacing the floor when he's my age. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, my dad yeah. My dad capped at 60K a year in 1989, and mm-hmm. back then that was really good money. Oh, that's great money. Yeah. And I'm just, and he's like, I, I blew it. I don't know where I messed up, but, you know, your mom was a heavy spender. She did, you know, my mom was a nurse, so she was probably making good money yeah. back then. So back then my parents were probably making collectively about 90 to 100K. And back it's then in I the 80s was, was pretty <laughs> yeah. intense. That's like, good money, you, yeah. You're, you're living pretty good at that. So, you know, and now I'm making more than they both did. And I'm like pacing the floor like making sure every penny is going where it needs to go and that makes sure my wife has what she needs but it, and i'm like this is why my dad was up at three in the morning sucking down coffee every <laughs> day yeah. reading a book because it would be the only time he'd get alone time yeah and he'd be just again he'd be mapping out his day he'd yeah. be like i need to yeah. try to get all this done but that by the time he got home at five he's already dozing off at seven yeah. And yeah. then he wakes up on the couch and like, crap, I missed out, you know? Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's but I find myself doing things that. that that you know, it's great where you're at. It's great where I'm at in life and Luke is that, you know, I, I love that song, um, The Blessing mm. by Carrie Job, you know. Yeah. I remember us singing that at church and I said, you know, I am so blessed cuz I know that I'm reestablishing a new bloodline in my family is that my bloodline is Jesus. And from this point on, you know, every generation I'm proclaiming over my kids, my kids' kids, you know what? Every generation is going to get bigger. And I mean, it's just going to be better and more blessed and more prosperous. Uh, And I'm laying the foundation right now. Because I have no Christian heritage, you know, none. I think the only thing I remember (laughs) is seeing my grandma's Bible on her, on her nightstand, but I never seen her read it, never Mm. heard her, never, never witnessed her going to church, you know. Yeah, and so me and my parents went, but they were the typical hypocrites. They'd sit in (laughs) service and then they'd go outside and smoke cigarettes, like. 
I know it's like a little harsh, but <laughs> like growing up, that was my impression of Christianity. Like, oh, yeah. everybody goes to church, but they're coming from the bar last night. Yeah. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I know uh, one time I was having a conversation with my son and, you know, talking about how one of my jobs is I, I get to teach him to, you know, raise him to be a man yeah. mm-hmm. and all that. And he looks at me and he's like, Dad, I don't, I don't want you to teach me like you were taught. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, you told me that you were raised never to cry. I want to be able to cry every now and then. I was like, <laughs> That's crap. Pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty it, cool, though. Yeah, it was. Because it, like, it was like a few weeks earlier, he was like, you know, having a conversation with me. He's like, Dad, why don't I ever see you cry? <laughs> I'm like, I cry once in a while when I'm really sad or when I'm really hurt. Or when the Holy Ghost moves on you like right. a few weeks back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like, he's like, he's like, I never see it. And I, and I had to explain to him, I'm like, when I was raised, yeah, men don't cry. Boys don't cry. You yeah. you rub dirt on it. You suck it up. You yeah. you deal with it. <laughs> Wasn't that a cure song? Boys don't cry. Or yeah. I think so, yeah. But yeah, so he's like, he's like, same. I yeah. was raised that way. Yeah. But yeah, when he looked at me, he's like, I don't want you to raise me like you were raised. I'm like, yeah. crap. Yeah. That's where I, we, we talked about this, I think, last time on our podcast. Just, just the, that vulnerability, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that we weren't taught. We weren't taught to be vulnerable. We were taught no. to be strong and be men and, you know, and, and I think there's a real balance in that. There's there's a time to be a man and step up, yeah. like Derek was talking about. And then there's times to be vulnerable uh, for your family, for your kids, that they see that you care, that you, you feel, that you yeah. are present. I think and it's more you're being more of a man if you can look a friend or your wife or your kid and shed a tear with them, for yeah. them, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, if you're feeling sad, you look at your wife like I'm 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 not good today and you just let it out and yep. you don't feel any less of a man because yep. you're crying. My in wife front of appreciates a girl, it. You know? She yeah. appreciates it a lot more when I'm that way or I'm vulnerable. Um I, I mean I shared this before whenever we were going through our loss. Uh she was waiting for me to show something. Yeah. You know. And I finally did and she was like, Thank you. You know, I was waiting for you to feel have some empathy you know right yeah well in that situation you're just trying to be strong for your wife oh i know yeah you feel like you don't have time to like when my mom died i felt like i didn't have any time to grieve i still had a family like i don't have time to sit there and cry in the corner like i just love my mommy yeah Yeah. you know like (laughs) i didn't you know and even still like i don't even think i've fully had any kind of time to grieve over her loss it's been four years dude like you keep getting close to the holy ghost on there man that stuff will come out (laughs) oh yeah well that deep-rooted stuff man that comes to the surface like i listen to this you know i have a couple different playlists on spotify that i'll I'll play at work and one of them is a lot of songs she liked back from the 80s so every time i hear certain songs i'll be working and i'll get i'll choke up yeah but then i'm like oh i'm around a bunch of dudes that are ungodly (laughs) and i don't want them to see me crying while i'm saying in bondo you know right (laughs) so (laughs) i mean i got dust in my eyes well i was just telling my apprentice today a song came on and i was like oh man this one this one hits home a little bit this is one of my mom's favorites and I noticed that I, a tear was coming, so I walked away. 
And he's like, I was like, yeah, sometimes I get a little choked up and I walked away. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. One, of, one of these days on the prayer floor, we're going to hear like a high pitched squeal. <laughs> we're going to look over and there's going to be Chico. He's finally going to get a chance to grieve. He might get tackled by about three or four other guys. Probably, too. yeah. That's yeah. all right. That's what I love about our church and, you know, being, you know, coming from a, you know, in a church in West Virginia. I don't know if it was a cultural thing. Um, Pastor Steve here has just done such a good job of just encouraging men to, to, to really seek the Lord, really passionately pursue yeah. God's presence. And uh, back home, you know, men just didn't do that. They were, no. you know, very reserved. A lot of them yeah. had their, some of them would have their hands lifted. That was about it. Yeah. You know, you didn't see them praying with one another, getting vulnerable with one another. And man, I just love, you know, when you're just at the altar and somebody even comes beside you and yeah. wants to pray and contend and go after the Lord with you, you know, mm-hmm. I think nothing like it. Another part of why people don't come up is I think they don't know because I don't talk much. So they probably like, he might hit me because <laughs> <laughs> that almost happened to Dustin Wheaton. That was hilarious. I was, I was sitting, I was standing up front because I was on security. Mm-hmm. Up front, and I forget what was going on. I was there, having a breakthrough yeah, there of some was, kind. Yeah, there was a breakthrough. The music that day was hitting me to a point where yeah. I felt I needed to kneel on the prayer floor. Yeah, so he, like, runs up, and he's, like, kneeling, and he's, like, in front of me, and mm-hmm. I'm, like, you know, I've kind of, like, put my hand on his shoulder for a little bit, you know, like, hey, I'm here just in case. And all of a sudden, here comes somebody from the... I mean, it's somebody we all know. Is, you know, he said is Dustin Weedman, but... Like all of a sudden, Dustin comes up and like comes up behind Chico, like two hands on his shoulder. I see Chico like half turn around, cock back, ready to swing. It was hilarious, That's hilarious man. And poor <laughs> Dustin's like, hey, hey, and I saw who it was, and I'm like, all right, but you it picked the wrong a- time, dude. <laughs> oh, and Dustin's such an awesome guy. Dude. He yeah. is an awesome dude, and you know, I listened to your episode with him and your wife and yeah. his wife, and I, I, I gave him the dude I respect. Yeah. Oh, Spect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Dustin's yeah. a good dude. Yeah, man. that was hilarious. I miss him, man. <laughs> I miss him too. I was getting to know him towards the end there when before they moved away. And he's yeah. just you know, and yeah. They seem real happy. <laughs> and I look man, at him and I'm like and I look at him like, man, I almost slugged you on the prayer floor, bro. <laughs> I feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's just, you know, I mean, 15 years of bouncing and then, you know, having to grow up at an early age. And now I'm trying to raise a family and not raise them like I was raised. And it's just, it's just a lot of, a lot of picked up. Trying to be a good husband, trying to be a good father. You never know if you're, you're successful. You never know if you're failing. Trying to be a good friend. Trying to be a good friend to your pals, but also trying to make sure that your family is priority number one. And then, well, priority number two and then god is priority number one yeah so you know you have to balance life and sometimes it gets just so overwhelming that i literally just i shut down and i i look at it as um you you can never fail if you're trying yeah you know what i mean it's like and i think when you stop trying you stop trying to get better trying to stop you know i think that's when men start to fail yeah. Um, is when they just stop trying, you know? And yeah. Uh, I just, you know, it's like my wife works long or later than me, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so uh, 
I had to get in this pattern of making dinner, you know, and it was just one of those things where I really don't like it, <laughs> but I've gotten better at it. But yeah. it's like See, I love one of those cooking. things that you just have to like step up and, mm. and, you know, she comes home and she's tired and I have dinner right there. And, you know, I think that's, you know, back in the day, that's unheard of, you know, men, oh, you don't cook dinner. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. Step up, buddy. You I, know, I love be a cooking. Man. Like, cooking yeah. is one of my, like, it, I, I wouldn't say it's a hobby, but when I do it, I like, because my brother is a chef, so I'm like, I start, like, thinking like him, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, just chop, <laughs> chop, chop, chop. Oh, whoop, that's a finger. You know? <laughs> but, like, when it's my night to cook, or if, like, the wife is out with the kids, and they're like, all right, I'll take dinner. I, like, I get into it. I, like, season it. I got yep. some. Some chill music out in the background. Chico do- is actually dancing. I'm doing the I'm doing the dishes while Chico's coming a long way. The Holy yeah. Ghost is yeah, dude, like because it's like ah, <laughs> oh, cool. I'm cooking for my family. This is great. Yeah, because nine times out of ten, my wife does the cooking because mm-hmm. I come home from work. I don't expect it. Yeah, yeah. It is appreciated, but I don't. You know, for the longest time. I just come home and cook my own food. Like, yeah. And then now Chef I've... Chef Boyar Chico. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was so proud of myself. Like, uh, I made banana bread, you yeah. know? And it's not not even that hard to do, you know? But I was like, I made a banana bread, and I was so proud of it. Just getting, you know, it was all warm and taking it to all the kids and stuff. I was like, I made banana bread. <laughs> it was so funny. See, I like, I, I like cooking... Because I like following directions. It was <laughs> something that was that. instilled in me from the military and being raised by military parents. But it's like, oh, there's 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 instructions. There's a specific order. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I can't watch my wife and kids eat, like, cook because they're like, ah, just a little of this, a little of that. I'm yeah. like, no, it needs to be precise. <laughs> this says one cup. You use one cup. Yeah. This instruction says boil first. You boil first. You preheat yeah. before... <laughs> like when I make your like when I make pico, it's all yeah. eyeball. Oh yeah, it is yeah, all no. eyeball. And and see, I I won't I won't ever want to watch you do that. Fair enough. It, yep. <laughs> you can make you. it. I would love to eat it. But <laughs> also another thing is when I a lot of times if I make like dinner or something like mm-hmm. that, I focus on the entree. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm ready. I'm ready to put food on the table. Like let's go. Yep. And Dina's like, well, what's what's the sides? Oh oh crap! Oh, oh I no. forgot about that. <laughs> We got any bread? <laughs> um, no worries. Like, honey, just throw some chicken nuggets in the, for the kids. Only type of stuff that I really don't like to cook was I, I called my mom and I was like, Mom, I want to make my grandmother's, um, we called them, in West Virginia, we called them soup beans. Okay. And uh, we would have soup beans and cornbread and little green beans on the side. Okay. And very simple dish, but you have to soak those pinto beans. Oh. forever you know oh, for a yeah. long time yeah. to do them right and you can and they even say to run them through cold water to peel off all the things and that's the only kind of meals i don't really care to do where it takes a lot of process to oh, get yeah. to just but you cooking know what, them, though you know? when you do it though there's a lot of pride and there's a lot of love in that food bro. yeah and there's there a is. lot of taste yeah and there's dude, a whole like, lot of taste and i had a lot of gas afterwards yeah <laughs> <laughs> I could have fueled a plane. <laughs> For me, my mom when she made tamales, oh, oh man, 
Whew, that was an all that was like a two day process, but boy, at the end there when it was Christmas time and we're like, oh, num, 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 it was like, oh, I'm gonna Mexican hate Mexican food. So glorious. I love <laughs> yeah. it when it's done right. Yeah, my my wife has uh, her grandmother's uh, Mexican rice and uh, and uh, enchilada recipe, mm. and the enchilada sauce is just so good, man. Yeah, my wife's gotten good at enchiladas. Yeah, she does. Yeah. So to go away from food, because I know I'm, we're making <laughs> yeah, our we audience could, and yeah. ourselves really hungry right now. <laughs> for sure. Um, oh, wow. We've been going it for almost fit, over 15 minutes. Um, I was going to add one more thing um, to this about learning how to make connections, you know, because mm-hmm. we were talking about, you know, like the, some of the guys we know and, and all that. And it's, I heard it explained once, you know, when we're, when we're in, when we're in like grade school and stuff like that or school, it's like easy to make friends. You know, you run up to somebody, you want to be my friend? Cool. Let's be friends. You're my best friend. You know? And all of a sudden it's like, now that we're adults, it's like, you know, you, we do, we've got the jobs, we've got families, you know, we got all these other competing priorities. It's like, how are you supposed to go up and say, do you want to be my friend? Will you be my friend? (laughs) Chico, will you be my friend? Well, it's like our wives when we first. Yeah, <laughs> you're bald. You're bald. You guys go be friends. Go. Yeah, I was like, that's not how that works. It's not how that's it works. Not how any of this works. Yeah, I was just talking to uh, one of one of the guys that's been going to our young adults. His name's Kempton. Mm. Um, great kid. You good know, kid. He's twenty years old. Really trying to make some real good choices in his life, and he just messaged me a while back. And he said, man, I, I just need to change my circle. Mm, and he yeah. was just asking me, like, how do I change my circle yeah. of friends? You know, and and I just, <laughs> Easy. You know, just started giving him some, you know, advice. It's like, hey, listen, you you got to ask. Yeah. You got to reach out. Like, you can't just expect people to come to you. You know, it doesn't work that way. You got to put yourself out there yeah. and say, hey, man, uh, I'm looking to change my circle. I'd love for you to, you know, not say... I love you to be a part of my circle, you know? <laughs> but like, like reach out, do lunch with people, have, you know, uh, reach out to people at church, find people that you really respect and honor, yeah. and f- include them in your circle and ask I've, them questions. Yeah. I've, I've dropped my circle a few times and yep. this is the longest circle I've had. Yeah. Because just, you just get to a point as you know, well, it, for me, tired of your crap, you're too whiny. <laughs> you keep cheating on your girlfriend. Oh, wow. You know, like you just can't. You just get yep. sick of people's antics. Yeah, that it's like, all right, dude, I'm done with you. Yep. Yeah. And the Bible says, uh, I'm trying to remember how it's specific. Uh, well, it's you know, iron sharpens iron, so it's a brother to brother. But it also says uh, uh, about who you uh, who you uh, assemble yourself with. Mm. Yeah, is is the life that you will you know project like that's yeah. what's going to come out of your life. Um, I just can't remember the specific way the scripture says it. Uh, oh my gosh, I used to say it all the time in youth ministry because I was always <laughs> trying to get kids to like yeah. get uh, better friends around them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I I heard it once as far as like you know like self improvement and business world stuff. Um, you know, it's like if you hang out with five rich people. You'll be the sixth. If you hang out with with five entrepreneurs, you'll be the sixth. If you hang out with five slackers, you'll be the sixth. Yep. You know, so it's it's always you will 
you know, and that's why it is, it's important to find those connections. It's important to find that circle because you, you will become like your circle. Yes. You know, and, but yeah, that's, that's always one of those fun things of, you know, it's. And that's why I like the circle now, because I feel like I'm still slow, but I'm coming out of that, that quiet, intimidating, let's just call it what it is, wall. Yeah. And, you know, I'm slowly blossoming into, you know, someone that can help out in the young adults, someone that can be a better, you know, sidekick to you on security, someone that can be a better, you know, husband, father, friend. Yeah. It's still, I mean, I'm again, goes back to the beginning. If you're not learning. Right. Yeah. So I'm still learning how to, you know, my people skills have gotten remotely better since I started coming to church, but there's still always room for improvement. Oh yeah. Yeah, there is. I can't think of that scripture. It's driving me bonkers. You'll think you'll think of it on the drive home. Yeah, I know. And all of a sudden you'll start texting us. Yeah. Just don't crash while texting. Right. Please. For sure. We don't condone that. No. Yeah. All right. Would you so- be teaching your daughter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bam. <laughs> So, any final thoughts? Um, I think, you know, we didn't kind of really, but I think one thing I do want to pass on to my son is take care of your, your women. Mm. Because, I, you know, me and my wife do plan on having one more, and we both, you know, hope for a boy, if it's a girl, either way. But if JD were to be the only boy we had, yeah. I want him to take on my protector role and I want him to do it better than I did. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So, yeah. And I think ultimately like what we had, what we talked about is you know being a good listener uh reaching out to other men, you know, being vulnerable. I think those are just good characteristics uh to carry as a man um and and step up to the plate, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're married, step up to the plate in your marriage. Uh, if there's some things you're lacking, pull yourself away, recenter yourself on Jesus, and get the answers. Get those answers uh, from His Word and and from from listening to His voice. Listening, to, just getting yeah. quiet, and you know, and just not getting that anxious striving any longer in your life, but really, truly centering yourself on Him and saying, Jesus, I want to listen to You. I want to follow your spirit, and I want to be sensitive to that. And I think if we could really get to that place as a man, we'll be so such a such a better friend, mm. such a better coworker, such a better husband. Yeah, you know. And I'll I'll throw in, um, you know, if if you if you see somebody out, you know, at your job, at your church. Um, you know, wherever, if you see qualities in that man that you want to kind of emulate or, or grow in your own life, um, reach out, you know, it's, it, it's going to probably be awkward on both sides of the conversation, but, um, yeah, but, but still just, you know, Hey, you know, Sean, I, I, I see that you're really good at communicating and connecting with young people. You know, I want, I want to learn that skill. I want to get better at that. Mm -hmm. You know, Chico, you're really good at being a protector. I want to, I want to get better at that. I want to learn some of that. I want to yeah. gleam some of that. I think, I think it's happened so few 
mm-hmm. and far between that if somebody were to come up and ask us, hey, how do I want to learn how to do that? Yeah. We're all going to freeze like, what? what? Yeah. what why, why are you asking me? Um, but it is. It's, you know, Chico kind of said it earlier. We all want to pass on our knowledge. We all want to pass on and we want to leave the world, you know, we want to leave our kids better and the younger generation better than, than yeah. what we had. Um, and I remember the scripture. It's bad company corrupts good character. Ooh, I like that. Solid end it right there. Yeah. Cut it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> on that, stay fit, be well. Toodles. Toodles. <laughs>